0: Take your Bibles, if you would, and let's open the Word of God to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to finish up our messages on biblical advice for daily living. It was good to get away last week and have a little time off, and uh, it's been a little while since since we had time off, and that's... That's it. We just had a little vacation. Uh, other trips, there was always a reason behind it, always something to do, an agenda, and, and it just didn't feel like a vacation, really. Uh, so it was good to get away and see some family and uh, just enjoy that together. So we appreciate that, and I know I hear good reports about things here, and we appreciate folks filling in and, and being right in their place. Amen? And we appreciate that. All right, Matthew chapter 7, if you found your place, we're going to begin reading in verse 24, and read down through the end of the chapter, just a few verses here, as we conclude our message on Matthew chapter 7. So let's bow in prayer first, and then we'll begin reading right there in verse 24. Let's pray together. Lord, how we love you today, how we thank you for the privilege to gather together in fellowship with a church family, Lord, a place to believe, a place to belong. And Lord, we just ask that you'd bless our time together, our fellowship. Lord, the singing's been great already. And what a greeting and welcome, Lord, we've experienced coming into the house of God this morning and being able to fellowship together. And so now, Lord, we come to your word and we just ask, we just pause and ask, Lord, that you'd be our teacher and guide through the scriptures. We pray, dear Holy Spirit, that you'd have your will and way in each heart and life. We pray you'd give instruction, guidance. Lord, we pray that you'll give uh, correction, instruction, Lord, wherever it's needed. Encouragement, strength, Lord, we just need to draw from your word. Just as you said, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. So we pray you'd furnish us now. Lord, supply every need. Empower our lives. Lord, I pray just give us that leading and guiding from your word as only you can. And we pray as we go through the scriptures, Lord, that you'd show us what you'd have us do. Apply it to our lives and our situations, our week. Give us wisdom, Lord, that we might live in this world in a godly way and do the right things, Lord, according to your will. So we ask again, Lord, for your, for your guidance, for your help, your strength as we go through the scriptures this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. We continue in, in our uh, discourse here on the message by the Lord, and it says in verse 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man. And great was the fall of it. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Powerful passage of scripture. Thank you so much. You may be seated. I want to continue our messages on biblical advice for daily living. It seems in Matthew chapter 7, the Lord really gave some good advice in this discourse to his disciples and those who were listening in. He started at the very front by saying, don't be a hypocrite. Don't have uh, the wrong type of judgment going on uh, in your life. Don't be one of those people, the critical ones, who goes around pointing around everybody's faults without fixing your own. And that's where we get uh, that saying from, verse 1, judge not that you be not judged, right? Uh, he, He said, measure yourself first. And take care of the beam that's in your eye. Then he said, number two, don't be trivial with truth. Talked about uh, the right message to the right crowd. We, we, we gave an uh, explanation of that. Then he said, God longs to give good things to his children. He talked about prayer, asking and receiving. And gave several verses on that. Ask is, is the acronym that we came up, right? Ask, seek and knock. Those were continual activities not just a one-time thing. So the idea is pray and ask and keep on asking, uh, uh, seek and and keep on seeking, search till you find it. Knock and keep on knocking till the door gets open. And uh, we need that kind of prayer life. Then he said, remember the golden rule. We're to treat other people the way we would like to be treated. And you initiate that by starting it first, right? That was the instruction God gave us. And um, number six, watch out for false prophets. Great, great warning there. Uh, making us responsible for those who would teach us in the faith that we are to be sure that they are in line with Scripture and teaching the right things. And then we talked about how the Lord Jesus said, salvation is not in a, in a religion but a relationship. And he said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Right? So we, we talked about that. And uh, understanding that, that uh, the will of God is for those uh, of us who hear the word of God to believe on Christ. So when he says, he that doeth the will of God, he's not talking about some list of, of works. Uh, we covered all of that, how that salvation is a gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. So in that passage, when he's talking about doing the will of God, he's talking about believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, putting our faith and trust in what Jesus did for salvation. We come to the end of his discourse here, and we see more great advice, more biblical advice for daily living. We find these instructions very clear. Jesus is saying here, here's our advice. If you're taking notes, this would be number eight. And he says this, those who follow God's instructions are wise. Those who follow God's instructions are wise. Think about that. That's not what the world would say today. The world really makes little and makes light of those who follow God's word. They act like we're some fringe cult group. And uh, they ridicule those who who try to live by the Bible uh, as old-fashioned, outdated, and all of that kind of thing. Well, you know, sin may have its progression, but there's nothing outdated about truth. Truth is timeless. And that's why the Bible is still around. That's why God is still working. And that's why the truth still works. It works in this day and time just as much as it did in in the Lord's day and time uh, because truth is timeless. And we find that God is the author of life. If you go back to the beginning, we know that in the beginning was God. And then God gave us our beginning. He created the heavens and the earth. He created the Garden of Eden and man. He created all things. So God created life. God gave us this life. And the Bible is, is our instruction manual, if you will, on this life and how to live it. What to do, what not to do. And uh, we see that God, since God is the author of life, then he knows how it should be best lived. So the Lord Jesus says, those who follow God's instructions then are wise. You know, I like the guy who was talking to an atheist. And of course, he was a believer. And so he is speaking from the perspective, you know, from the worldview that God made all things. The atheist is speaking from uh, the, the secular humanist view that all things came into existence on its own. You know, the Big Bang and all of that. By the way, do you know Christians believe in the Big Bang? Our Big Bang is coming. Their Big Bang already happened. It makes no sense the other way. But, but anyway, here's what the Christian said to the atheist. He said, sir, he said, if I'm wrong and you're right, he said, well, I've lived a clean moral life. I've got nothing to lose. And if I die, and that's the end of everything, then it's really not going to matter whether I was wrong or not. I really haven't missed anything. I've enjoyed life, and I've been clean. I have a good conscience. He said, but if I'm right, and you're wrong, you're going to stand before God in judgment one day, and it is going to matter what you did with Jesus Christ. It is going to matter how you lived your life. And you're going to die and find out it's not the end. That the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. He said, Sir, I don't know about you. He said, But I'd rather be in my shoes than your shoes. Because one day you're going to face the Lord and realize too late you were wrong. Wow. What admonition. And the Lord says, Those who follow God's instructions are wise. Listen to what Jesus said in verse 24. Wherefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. He didn't say whosoever hears these sayings of mine and believes them. Although I guess you have to believe them if you're going to do them, right? That's just kind of insinuated. It's just applied that you would. But notice the emphasis there is on doing them. The, The doer, right? The one who does God's sayings, follows God's instructions. By the way, his sayings are not just... Chapter 7, his sayings are written and recorded here for us for all time. These are his sayings, these are the sayings of God. Thus saith the Lord, it's recorded, it's written for us. And so we have a lot of God's sayings about life and about issues of life and the things that take place. He said, And doeth them. He said, I will liken him unto a wise man. Why is he wise? Because he hears the word of God, because he believes the word of God. But most importantly, Jesus is saying this man is wise because he obeys the word of God. He lives by the word of God. He does what the word of God says. And you know, those are the wise people from God's perspective, from a heavenly point of view, right? In the grand scheme of things, we are wise when we follow God's ways, when we do God's will, when we obey God's word. Notice what he said about these wise people, these, this wise man uh, in, in this uh, story. Notice in verse 24, he said, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Well, by contrast, he says, the one who, the one who hears the sayings, verse 26, and doeth them not, he said, I will liken him unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. You might circle that word foolish. What is foolish? The foolish act and believe they live as if there's no God. They they don't recognize God in, in their life. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. All right, so it's foolish not to acknowledge God. But you know what? Any human being, believer or unbeliever, can live life in a foolish way by not acknowledging God in our ways. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, In all thy ways. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. And then it says, In all thy ways. Acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Do we acknowledge God in our ways? Is God reflected in the lifestyle that we live, in the choices that we make? Hey, this is what it means to be wise. This is what it means to build your house upon a rock. This is what it means to hear the sayings of God and do them. The action of obedience in the doing of God's word comes out in daily life. It comes out in the choices you make. It comes out in the decisions that you make. It comes out in the way in which you conduct your affairs and live your life. And you know, it's amazing to me how many people, they have a disconnect between what they learn on Sunday and what they live on Monday. Jesus is saying these two ought to connect. The wisdom of God is for weekly living. And I think that when we plug God into our lives every day, not just on Sunday, that's when the real power of God gets unleashed in the world. I think the greatest work God does is often between Sundays, not just on Sunday. And a lot of times on Sunday, we just, we just get updated on what God's been doing. And that's the way it ought to be when we live for God each day. Jesus said, these are the wise ones. They... They do them. They do the sayings. Now in verse 26, he said, The foolish man, he's the one that hears these sayings, but does them not. Does them not. So look at the difference. The wise, those who hear God's sayings, what does he say about them? They built their house upon a rock. That means they have a sure foundation. Those who are wise listen to God. They obey his word, and because of that, they build their life He says house here, but he's talking about your life. They build their house on the rock. What's the rock? The rock is the Lord. It's his word. And when we do what God says, it's the equivalent of building your house on a sure foundation. It's the equivalent of putting your life on that foundation. And that's the comparison that Jesus makes. When he says, those who hear the sayings of mine and do them are like the man who built his house on a rock. Take your Bibles if you would and let's look at a couple of verses. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and you can do your own study on this later and go back to the Psalms and other places where you'll see this same truth. But in 1 Corinthians 3, look at verse 11. It says, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the foundation. And we build on that foundation. Notice it says in verse 12. Now, if any build upon this foundation. What foundation? The foundation of Jesus Christ. So when you do what God says in your life, you're building your life upon the Lord and upon His teachings. And and what are you adding to that foundation? He said, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. Every man's work shall be made manifest. That word work is talking about your life, the way you lived it, what you did for Jesus. For the day shall declare it, verse 13 says, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Not what size it is, but what sort it is. So in other words, is your your life going to be gold and precious stones, or is it going to be wood, hay, and stubble? When the fire hits gold and precious metals, it purifies it. But when fire hits wood, hay, and stubble, I mean, it burns it up, and there's nothing left but ash. So think about that as the judgment of your life. When you stand before the Lord one day, and God tries your work... He tries your life of what sort it is. What kind of material did you build your life out of? He said, if any man's work abide, which he hath built thereon, verse 14, he shall receive a reward. But if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now, I don't have time, but if you go over to Revelation chapter 19, you'll, be, you'll see a description of the Lord Jesus when he returns. And it'll describe the Lord's appearance. And part of that description of the Lord, when it gets up to His face and His his eyes, the Bible says there that He has eyes of fire. And I thought, there it is. What kind of judgment are we going to face in heaven? Well, we're going to face the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not only our foundation, He's our finisher. We're going to face Him one day, and it's His discerning eyes that's going to act as that fire to discern whether our life was built of precious things or whether it was built of wood, hay, and stubble. And it will have to withstand His review. So in the end, what's really going to matter is what God thinks about your life, not what the world thinks. Now, if that's true, and we want to hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant one day, then we need to live right now by what He thinks instead of what everybody else thinks, because one day we're going to be judged by what he thinks. And if you want to be prepared for that judgment, then you have to start now letting, letting God's opinion guide you rather than man's opinion. Amen? Isn't that good? So we can be prepared for heaven by receiving Christ as our Savior and being born again. And then we can be prepared for the judgment one day, By doing what God says right now, by letting His opinion become our opinion, by letting His ways become our ways, right? By obeying His word, we have a sure foundation. But not only that, Jesus said in Matthew 7, not only do these wise people, those who follow God's instructions, not only do they have a a sure foundation, but He said they are prepared for the storms of life, Notice verse 25. He said, and the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house. And it fell not. But watch this. Look at verse 27. Look at the foolish. What happens to their life? What happens to their house? It says, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house. Guess what? (laughs) Whether you're saved or lost, we're all going to go through storms. We're all going to go through trials. We're all going to go through hard times. This right here is another reminder that we as Christians, we're not exempt from the trials of life. Just because we're saved doesn't mean everything's going to work out okay and and, and it's all going to be easy. You know, for us, it's going to be okay in the end because God's going to take care of everything. He's ultimately the judge and he's he's keeping score and he's going to set the record straight one day. We put our trust in him and we can rest assured in that. But as we live down here, we have to be prepared for the same storms of life that everybody else faces. And if you want to fare better than your lost friends, then you have to learn to live God's word, to do what Jesus said, to obey the teachings of Christ and the Bible. Because when you do, you're prepared for the storms of life, even though the same rain descended, the same floods came, the same storms beat upon both houses, right? We see that the results were greatly different. The results were different. Why? Because the, those who are wise, those who obey the word of God, those who followed God's instructions, they were prepared for the storms. They withstood the storms. They seem to have something that everybody else didn't have. And what is that? Well, here it is. It's the Word of God. It's not about do you hold one in your hand? Do you have one on the coffee table at home or on on the bookshelf in the living room? It's, It's more than that. Do you have God's Word in your heart? Do you make decisions by it? Do you obey God's teachings as you live out your life each day? That's how you're prepared for the storms of life. Because when you live life the way God said to live it, there is insulation built into that because God knows what life is. He designed it. He made it. And even though man in a fallen state has affected it negatively, we brought sin into the world and into the picture and all of that. When we obey God's word, we are helped against those things. And when we have God on our side, he said we're wise and we're prepared. And when those storms come, they don't tear us apart. Not like they would if we didn't have this. God's word is good and God, God gave us what we need. Take your Bibles, if you would, and look at, look at a verse of Scripture. <clears throat> look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. This is a great passage of Scripture that we often refer to when we're talking about the Bible. But I want you to see that it's equally powerful when we're talking about life, the Christian life, that is. Notice what the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. It says in verse 16, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is what? Profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, we've gone through that already. We know there's a system there. God tells us what's right, how to get right, how to stay right, all of that. But notice verse 17. Why did God give us all that? So that the man of God may be perfect. That word perfect means complete. Thruly furnished unto all good works. God wants you to have everything you need fully furnished to do His will. And you do. The stuff that you need to do God's will is found right here. So when we say, well, Pastor, I, I, I don't, I, I'm inadequate. I don't have what it takes to live the Christian life. I, I, I don't have the boldness. I don't have the courage. I, I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the strength. Yeah, but guess what? All of that can be tapped into right here. God, This is a living word. This, the Bible is quick and powerful. It means it's alive. This is a living book. And God imparts to us those things that we need so that we can be courageous and brave and wise and strong. All of that we get from the word of God. So, when we don't have what it takes to live the Christian life, what we're really doing is we're really confessing That we haven't spent time, we haven't spent adequate time in His Word in order to draw from what He gave us. Otherwise, we would be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Isn't that good? Isn't it good to know that everything God commanded, everything God called you to be and to do, He's given you just what you need? To do it. It's all right here. Now, I know. I know there are challenges. Sometimes we say, well, well, you know, well, Pastor, I, man, I don't, I don't know the Bible. Okay. Guess what? That's legitimate for a little while. Because if you don't know the Bible, you ought to be on a quest to learn it. Now, you might say, well, you know, Pastor, I... I Man, I just don't, I don't read very well. well. That's okay. I can relate to that. When I grew up, I didn't read very well. I struggled through school until I learned how to study, until I learned how to, how to, get, how to comprehend, until I learned how to, how to go through and, and, and had the tools to, to extract what I needed, right, from what I was reading. It's challenging if you don't know how to do that. I, I'll, I'll agree with you. But guess what? That excuse only good for a little while. Because it's your challenge then to get good at it. To find the help you need so that you can. If you don't read well, have somebody read it to you. Right? We have to have a way. We have to have a way to learn this book so that we can be thoroughly furnished to the good works that God has called us to do. So, So look... If you you don't read well or you don't have time to read God's Word, you can't read through the Bible in a year, okay, fine. What is your plan then to learn this book? Because I hate to tell you, God didn't give us a movie. He gave us a book. Right? So guess what? There's online tools. There are apps and things that will read the Bible to you. And... Being thankful to some people who have talent. There are good movies that do reflect biblical truth. But you're not going to learn the whole Bible that way. So we have to have a system. We have to have a plan. We have to have a way to learn God's word. Right? And one of the best ways is to be faithful to church. But that's not—that's like the cherry on top. That's the icing. That's not the cake. The real cake is you... Getting in this book, just you and God, and you getting to know Him, and learning to feed yourself through the Word of God. That's, that's the cake right there. And that's what we need to grow into. Say, I'm not there yet. Fine, but are you growing into it? Are you making progress? That's the real question. We should be, because in order to be wise, we have to learn the sayings of the Lord and then do them you can't do it if you don't know it. Right? I remember when I was pastoring in Georgia, the first time I implemented a church-wide Bible reading program, I remember some of the resistance I got. Oh, Pastor, we, we've been reading the Bible for years. Oh, Pastor, you know, we, 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 we know how to read the Bible. Oh, I said, good, good, let's read it together. Good, let's do it together, let's do it together. Okay. Well, after doing it together for several months... And I started getting some comments. People started saying, oh, pastor, this is great. Man, we love reading the word of God together. Hey, you know, husbands and wives, now they're reading the same thing at the same time. Now we can talk about it at the dinner table. And we're having a great time fellowshipping over God's word. And, and uh, we share what we, you know, our perspectives on different things. Great. That's good. I kept getting comments like that. And I thought, oh, okay. That sure is different from, we already know how to read the Bible. Evidently, they did need some of that, right? It was good. There were good. It was good in there. What does the Bible say? It is profitable, isn't it? I had a lady come up to me one time, saying, "Man, you know, I, I guess I have just forgotten. You know, I, I'm reading things that I never read before." Oh, really? You know, that's what happens when you don't have a plan. You kind of gravitate and go back to the same old things. But when you have a plan and you're going cover to cover, then you get everything. And she just didn't realize she was skipping stuff. She wasn't getting everything until she had to check that box off every day. Oh, look what I'm, oh, you know what? I've never read this. Wow. That's why some people think that Moses built the ark. <laughs> and, and, and weird, crazy things like that, right? And they had never heard of Hosea and Gomer. I don't know who those people are. Who's that? Gomer's in the Bible. I thought he was on TV. Right? <laughs> but you will be encouraged to know that Gilligan is not in the Bible, okay? Just Gomer. Hey, you know what? Those, those who get in the Word and, and, and live out the teachings of Christ, they are prepared for the storms of life. But sadly, there's another truth we've got to look at. In verses 25 and 27... Notice what happened when the rains came, the floods came. The same storms came to both sides, the wise and the foolish. They both had to live their lives. They both had trials. They both had uh, conflict. But the Bible says in verse 25, talking about the wise, and when those storms beat upon that house, it says in verse 25, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. What is Jesus saying? He was saying those that are wise are the only survivors. Because look at verse 27. It says, When those storms beat upon that house, it fell. And great was the fall of it. So it wasn't just like a a little damage, a little storm damage. It was like a total collapse. Great was the fall of it. And you know, that reminds us of people who build their life without the Lord Jesus Christ. They may have some success in this world. They may have a little fame, a little fortune, a little, a little fun. But one day they're going to stand before God and they're going to hear, Depart from me, I never knew you. While they had many good things, they missed the most important thing. And that's why Jesus said, What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? We can get really busy in this life with a lot of stuff that seems real important right now. But if we neglect the Lord Jesus, if we neglect the Word of God, if we neglect all things spiritual, then we're not building on that foundation at all. And we'll get to heaven one day unprepared. Even a believer can be unprepared. You can, you can build a little hay hut out of life if you want to. It'll all get burnt up one day. And you'll get to heaven, like Job said, by the skin of your teeth. Hey, It'd be good just to be there, but that's not the way I want to get there. The difference. Jesus said the difference is those who follow God's instructions are wise. And you know, there are foolish people around. Don't follow them. Don't act like them. Don't let them influence you. Because they're not going to be prepared when the storms come. Jesus taught these things and he said those who follow God's instructions are wise. They have a sure foundation. They are prepared for the storms. And he said they are the only survivors. Think about it. I'm talking about when, when everything's said and done. I'm not talking about just at the end of life's little trial. I'm talking about from a heavenly perspective, when this life's over, what are you going to have? Turn with me to Psalm 1. Notice what the Lord says there. Psalm chapter 1. A short little chapter, but a lot of, a lot of powerful truth. We get a little comparison and contrast. Kind of like what Jesus did between the wise and foolish. We're getting a comparison here with the saved and lost. Notice what what the psalmist said. Verse 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. What is he saying? The one who follows God is wise. Blessed is the man who doesn't listen to them. Number 2, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season his leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper why because he's furnished the needs are met he's like planted by that tree he got rivers of water right look look what it says in verse 4 the ungodly are not so but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away hey they have their little time and then they're gone Verse 5, therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Okay, so which way are you going? The way of the righteous or the way of the ungodly? Proverbs says, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise but a companion of fools will be destroyed. You know, we don't need to let the godless around us influence us. We don't need to let them intimidate us into being foolish as believers. Foolish in the sense that we live our Christian lives without obeying God's word, without following His instructions. Can a Christian live foolishly? Can we make foolish decisions? Can we live life without God in mind? Absolutely. Hey, and we need to be wise and we need to take heed and not allow the world to influence us to lose the rewards and the good things that come from building a life in the Lord Jesus Christ and doing His will and obeying His word Jesus said, those who do that are wise. They're not only prepared for this life, but they're prepared for the life to come. They endure judgment and come away with gold and precious stones. They hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. They're going to receive crowns one day. One day Jesus will say to them, you've been faithful over a few things. Be thou ruler over many things. Think about that. Hey, you know, we all get disappointed with our leaders down here. You ever wondered who's going to be our leaders in heaven? Well, the Lord is. Oh, yeah, but I'm sure he's going to delegate some stuff. That's why he said, you've been faithful over a few things. Be thou ruler over many things. Some people are going to get promoted in heaven. Oh, yeah, we're going to have leaders in heaven. And guess who it's going to be? It's going to be the ones down here who were faithful to the Lord. It's going to be the ones down here who lived out His word. It's going to be the ones who were not foolish. They didn't follow the foolish crowd. And they didn't listen to the counsel of the ungodly. And they weren't intimidated away from God in their lives. They didn't love the Lord on Sunday and live like the world during the week. But they took their knowledge of God and His word and they applied it to their decisions, and they built their life in the Lord Jesus Christ, those are the ones that Jesus is talking about. He said, they are wise. Can I just say this? They're wise beyond their years. They're like Moses, who see what is invisible. They're looking into that life to come. And that's what we all should be doing. We who know the Lord Jesus Christ should be preparing... We should be investing, laying up treasure in heaven, living for God down here. When Jesus taught these things in verse 28, the Bible says, those that heard him were astonished at his doctrine. Yeah, because they didn't hear anybody else preaching stuff like that. Notice what it says in verse 29. They said, he taught them as one having authority. You ever wonder what that is? You might read that and think, well, yeah, he had authority. He's the Son of God. Well, I believe he had that kind of authority. There's no doubt. But the kind of authority that I think they felt when he was preaching was not Son of God authority. I think it was the authority that we would feel from any leader with integrity when they speak. Have you ever sat through a church service and just felt like, oh, man, he's preaching right to me? Who told him what I've been doing? (laughs) Nobody. But what you felt was the Lord applying that truth to your life. We call it conviction. But it was also something else. From that person who was sharing it, we call it moral authority. Moral authority is what is felt. Some people call it influence. It's what causes us to listen to people and follow them and know just how somehow by instinct we know they're telling the truth. It's moral authority that does all of that. And what is moral authority? Where does it come from? Moral authority is that sense of what's right and it comes to those who do what they teach and practice what they preach. When those people speak, we know. And we know they're telling the truth and we know they're right, and we know we should listen. How we respond to it is another matter. If you're right with the Lord, you're going to respond to it by coming away saying, I know I should be doing that. If you're not right with the Lord, you may come away angry even at them for bringing it up. Why? Because your toes got a little stepped on. And that happens, doesn't it? We should all strive to be what God wants us to be, Even to have some of that moral authority so that when we witness to our friends and neighbors, so that when we share Christ with our family, so that when we give God's words to others, it has an impact. Something that they not only hear but feel. That they know within. Something says that's right when we speak. Notice what Jesus said. Turn to these last couple of scriptures. Look at at Luke chapter 6. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, in verse 46, He said, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? What good is it to worship God and call Him your Heavenly Father and then disobey Him with every decision you make and every lifestyle choice that comes along? That's no good. So that's why He raised this question in verse 46. Why would you call me your Lord and then disobey me? Look at verse 47. Whoso cometh to me and, and heareth these, and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. So again, he's given this, this story. So he's raising the whole question. Why would you hear me and not obey me? And then he gives that story again. He that hears these sayings of mine and, and does them is considered wise. And he that hears these sayings of mine and does them not is foolish. <clears throat> It would be like being sick and not taking the medicine to get well. God knows what we need. Turn with me, if you would, to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Notice verse 22. James says it this way. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Do you know why a disobedient hearer is only deceiving themselves? I'm going to tell you why. Because everybody around that person who's truly following God can see their disobedience. I mean, they don't have to hold up a sign. You just know. Isn't that right? You just know when somebody's really giving their effort to follow the Lord and do what's right, they're really trying to live the Christian life, and you know when someone's not. So he said, when you're you're doing that, you're just deceiving yourself. You're certainly not deceiving anyone else. You're definitely not deceiving God. He said, for any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself... And then goeth his way, straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. And don't we do that sometimes? We come to church and we hear a sermon. Oh, man, we say, God, I need your help with that. I need to be doing that. Oh, forgive me. By 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon, we don't even remember that. Let alone during the week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You know? Let's not be a forgetful hearer, but let's be a doer. Let's follow the Lord. Let's live for him. Verse 25 says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, that's, that's a, a, a type of the word of God, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Blessed. Don't you want to be blessed? God said, If you hear these things of mine, do them, you'll be blessed. So think about this. I want to ask you. Do you live by what the Bible says? Do you obey the scriptures even when it steps on your toes? Do you make choices and decisions based on what the Bible teaches? Or based on what is convenient for you. Are your values and priorities, are they in line with the Bible? You know, the answers to those questions, that's just where the rubber meets the road right there. The answers to those questions, that's the stuff that determines whether we're really going to do what God said or not. How about it today? I'm inviting you to jump on the bandwagon with Jesus. Hey, let's go out of here. Let's all be wise. Let's hear God's word and do it. And can I just tell you something? When you look around at our world, in the mess that it's in, in times like these, like we sang about, that's what the world needs. They need a little more light shining because they have lost their way. May God help us. Let's bow together in prayer. Lord, how we love you today and how we thank you for the great admonition that we can be wise, Lord, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. The opportunity is ours. We just have to be willing. We just have to submit. We just have to surrender and be willing to do what God says instead of what we want. If we hear the sayings of Christ and do them, then you've likened dust unto wise men. Our houses can be built on a rock, our lives. And Lord, we can be like that house that withstood the storms. Lord, you've given us your word that fully furnishes us to do everything you've called us to do. So help us, we pray. Turn our hearts and our will toward you that we might be willing to obey your word, to do what it says, to live life, Lord, the way you designed it. We know, Lord, that your way is the best way. That's why David said, it's good for me that I've been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. He said, it's good for me. Oh, Lord, we know how good and pleasant it is when we are in unity, when we're following your word, when we're when we're doing your will and living in your way. So help us. Help us to decide today that we will be wise, that we will do the teachings of Christ, that we'll obey and we'll listen, that we'll be not only hearers of the word, but doers. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.